Hey everyone, welcome to the Brainy SLP podcast. My name is Danielle Kent and I am a mom, wife, and multi-passionate SLP, wild about equipping parents and professionals to confidently teach problem solving, socialization, communication, and play to all of our neurodiverse learners. By making our practices inclusive, we can reach all learners. All brains are amazing and understanding neurodiversity is key to our future. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of the Brainy SLP podcast. I am really excited uh, to be creating podcasts this month. This is um, May, the month of May, which is Better Speech and Hearing Month. And it follows April, which is Autistic Awareness Month and Autistic, as I called it, Acceptance Month and Beyond, as we are we are saying now let's let's move beyond awareness and acceptance all the way up to become the best allies we can and advocates we can. And today's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the relationship between self-regulation and executive functioning. And so if you've been around here a hot second, <laughs> you know that I am absolutely wild about executive function skills. Um, I really believe it's so important to talk about them on teams and to really consider them as a part of a student's overall profile. Um, I, you know, one of the one of the most fun things I like to say is. I know there's a lot that we know about the brain and executive functions, and there's also a lot we don't know about the brain and executive functions. And so that's one of the really fun things I actually like about this area is that things are growing and evolving and changing year to year, month to month, and sometimes week to week and what we know about the brain. And so I bet when I listen back to this podcast in several years, this episode, there will be things that we know now that are different in the future. And I think that's awesome. I think that's one of the most important things that we can do as professionals, as parents, is to recognize and realize that our world is ever-changing, our research is ever-changing, and what we know to be true now may look different in the future. And that's awesome. So executive function skills are, you know, I've talked about it before and I want to loop it back in. Those skills that really uh, support us to have goal-driven uh, behavior. And to be more specific, um, they're the skills that are involved in really supporting us to have uh, directed, regulated, goal-directed behavior, focused, regulated, goal-directed behavior. And sometimes I think um, there's some level of confusion about what goal-directed means, um, but I really want to just remind everybody that goals, the process of goals, is just opening and closing loops every single day. Uh, we kind of make mini goals every single minute, every single hour in terms of directing ourselves, and that's, as humans, that's why we have these executive functions. They support us to direct ourselves and uh, make mini plans to be successful with how we direct ourselves. So for example, if you were to go through your daily routine, you would see just how many instances of how you have to kind of make a plan, follow the plan, close the plan, um, the, that kind of the opening and closing the loop that I really like to talk about. And that problems really are just when we bump into something that kind of changes our plan A or our original plan, and we have to come up with a plan B or plan C. And 
for a lot of our students, I describe it as a GPS. You know, we, and that's kind of the the future forward thinking that executive functioning really embodies. It's that ability to think forward and plan for the future. Um, and as Sarah Ward and Kristen Jacobson talk about, it's also the ability to kind of plan backwards. Uh, and Sarah Ward and Kristen Jacobson are two amazing SLPs who also specialize in executive function skills um, and highly recommend you look out their, their frameworks. Uh, they have the get ready, do done framework that I typically recommend a lot. Um, but essentially that's, that's the heart of executive function skills. It's that ability to, you know, plan forwards or plan backwards and really plan our future out. And so if you were to look at your day, you know, for example, um, you got to get up on time, you got to, you know, get ready for work or school on time. You got to get the kids to school on time, um, get to work on time, start your work on time, you know, get tasks accomplished throughout the day, keep your things organized. Meaning I always say organized means we have a, we have a system for how we put our things away and go to retrieve them. Um, and then we're able to kind of switch gears if we need to. And so those are the skills that really allow us, those executive function skills are the ones who support us to be able to have that regulated, focused, goal-directed behavior. Now, there's a really important relationship between self-regulation and executive functioning. And I will say, uh, George McCloskey, who is a researcher in the field of executive functions, um, he talks about executive functions being a set of cognitive processes that really kind of control learning and what he calls, quote unquote, production of outputs. And um, this resource is specifically from the um, the uh, director of school psychology research um, from the psychology department of the Philadelphia College of Medicine. And I will also try and post that link in the show notes. But in this amazing diagram, that is the diagram that led me to start loving executive functioning. Um, he talks about how executive functions range from the skills we have from self-activation, which is kind of, you know, how we, we become awakened to the state of to be alert, to engage in activities. Um, up to self-regulation capacities or 33 capacities that really control our perception, emotion, cognition, and action. Self-regulation. How often do we um, hear that term? And people think of it typically as um, ener emotion regulation. And you'll hear in today's episode, I call it energy regulation. Um, but really that ability that now we've, we've reshaped, like executive functions are self-regulation skills. Ta-da! Um, but there's an inverse relationship, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. So there's also uh, self-realization and self-determination, which uh, George McCloskey describes. Self-realization is are the cognitive processes governing awareness of self and others, and self-determination are the cognitive processes for long-term planning and goal generation. Then it goes up further to self-generation, which uh, those skills direct the posing of speculative questions related to the meaning and purpose of life all the way up to trans self-integration, which he describes as the mental processes that enable realization of a trans self state of ultimate consciousness, considered the highest achievement of human consciousness in most spiritual traditions. So self-activation, self-regulation, self-realization, self-determination, self-generation, and trans self-integration. Those are the different uh, sets of cognitive processes. We're really gonna focus on the areas today that are listed in the self-regulation area. And so what I typically argue is that executive functions are what allow us or support us 
to be self-regulated individuals. Um, and you know, for the last episode that I talked about last week, I believe that co-regulation is greater than self-regulation. So I believe that teaching, modeling, and supporting of these skills is the most important. But if we're really thinking about the global picture of self-regulation, I wanna tell you that there's a careful relationship between supporting a student's overall energy regulation and their executive functioning skills, which come together to be self-regulation skills or executive function skills. So energy regulation plus the executive functioning skills equals self-regulation skills. Now, Rachel Dorsey, who is an autistic SLP, she made this amazing course. She put this amazing course together that's on uh, neurodiversity and writing uh, neurodiversity aligned goals for autistic students. And number one, it's a phenomenal course. Um, SLPs, if you're listening, I will link it in the show notes. I give it an 11 out of 10. <laughs> it is so good. Um, but that course, um, she had this beautiful visual and she talked more about um, the different types of regulation that autistic people might experience or have challenges with or have differences in. And so I wanted to focus on those, but I will refer to these as energy regulation because I think each of these plays into an individual's energy regulation. And you'll notice I didn't say emotion regulation, although emotional regulation does play into energy regulation. So the different areas that she talked about were uh, cognitive regulation. So having thoughts about things uh, maybe being too challenging. So this might be the internal self-talk um, if, depending on whatever that self-talk might be, this is too hard, I can't do this. So cognitive regulation, there's physiological regulation, meaning are you cold? Are you hot? Are you tired? This might also be related to interoception. So physiological regulation or interoception. The next one she talked about was emotional regulation. Um, and this being the different emotions that might Come, come for an individual. The last one is sensory regulation. And this might relate to all of the um, external sensory input that an individual might be experiencing that might play into their overall level of energy. So for example, what are the lights like overhead? Uh, you know, a lot of autistic adults talk about the impact of fluorescent lighting and how, how hard that is for their systems and how many experienced headaches and overwhelm. There's so many factors that are involved with a sensory system that can get overloaded. So, so I'm gonna go over this again. Cognitive regulation, physiological regulation, emotional regulation, and sensory regulation. And I believe those all play into energy regulation. Now inversely, I say inversely because I believe these factors also play into self-regulation. These are the executive function skills that I typically focus on or work on. Planning and prioritization, organization, time management, flexibility, and metacognition. Those are the five that I typically will support for students to become aware of and understand. Um, I especially like to tune them into their own strengths and different ways of doing things because I think things that could become really dysregulating or trigger a different, um, for example, cognitive regulation. You know, if a new task is presented that haven't, they haven't seen before, 
or if a new game is introduced that they haven't seen before, that might cognitively dysregulate because that thought of like, I've never seen this before, I can't do this. So teaching how to plan for a new task can be really important. Um, so planning and prioritization, organization, time management, flexibility, metacognition, those are all the five skills that I typically focus on the most in addition to energy regulation or those four other regulations to really support a student's overall self-regulation. And I believe that the energy regulation and the executive function skills work inversely because I believe that if a student is, for example, really hungry or tired or thirsty or, or um, hot or cold or overwhelmed, those can absolutely impact the skill sets that you might see for planning and prioritizing and organizing. And vice versa, if a student is really struggling with planning and prioritizing or organizing or not knowing how to allot time for things, that can also dysregulate the, sen the sensory systems become overwhelming. So I believe the two work in conjunction with each other um, to overall lead to that ability to self-regulate. So what does that tell us? That tells us these are all areas that we can teach, coach, and model. We can teach, coach, and model these areas. So go back to those four areas of energy regulation, sensory, physiological, cognitive, and emotional. Sensory, physiological, cognitive, and emotional. Those four areas of energy regulation that might play into an individual's overall regulation. And also those five executive functioning facets that I also call self-regulation facets, which are planning and prioritization, organization, time management, flexibility, and metacognition. Those are nine areas where you can really explicitly support a student to really develop their overall self-regulation skills. Self-regulation is not just emotional regulation. It's not just emotional regulation. And next week, I'm going to be talking a little bit more about emotions versus energy to get to better understand that. I hope today's episode gave you a little bit of a preview and understanding of the connection between self-regulation and executive functioning. And I also hope that it gave you some new thoughts, tips, and tools for working with your students, or if you're a parent, for loving on your child. I hope you have an amazing week, and I'll be back next week. Talk to you then. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of the Brainy SLP podcast, where we celebrate neurodiversity and bring awareness to the fact that all brains are awesome. I hope you loved today's episode. If you would like to leave any feedback, please feel free to find me on Instagram at Miss Daniel Kent or send me an email, danielle at daniellekent.com. I hope you have an amazing day, and as always, please take the best care of you.